Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of Equality and Diversity with the amazing Selene. Hello, Selene, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show and to share your experiences as a woman in the creative industries, not just as a woman, but also um, having to overcome various uh, different issues with mental health and how you've kind of progressed and navigated your way around um, the creative industries and the amazing things that you've done. You know, we've just spoke about some of those things. So do you just want to tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you're what you do and where you're from? Yeah, happy to. So, um, yeah, my name is Solène. I'm originally from France. I was born in Paris, raised in the nor- in nor- Normandy in the countryside, a small town. Um, and from there, I had like this, few, I had a couple of very big dreams. One was I wanted to travel the world. Um, I wanted to explore and meet different people, find out about cultures and, and all of that. And then the other thing was I really wanted to be a presenter. Um, I just had so many stories in me. My imagination was buzzing all the time. And so I was like, I need to share this. You know, I I loved writing. I loved speaking. So it was like, how do I kind of find my way and and create a path into that? So, um, So that's a little bit about where it all started. And I think like we were just saying um, uh, earlier, life then takes you (laughs) also in different directions. So I've had multiple uh, careers. I started in the environmental industry. I then moved into the travel industry. I spent seven and a half years working in travel. Um, I've lived and worked across um, six different countries. I've traveled to like 54 now um, and obviously still traveling more. I I don't want to stop. So I've really enjoyed that. And at the same time, like there was a part of me that was like, what is the meaning in what I'm doing? Because I was following this like corporate journey and it just didn't feel right um, at all. And so now it's kind of all shifted and now I'm working completely aligned with my values, my purpose. I work in diversity and inclusion for Innovate UK, the, the government agency for innovation. I support young people and disabled people to start their business and get funding and you know get knowledge and, and support. So I love that. And then outside of that, I've got my own business called Be Beyond Borders. Um, I've published four books under topics of, you know, belonging, um, home and um, inclusion diversity in general. And I host a talk show called The Inclusion Conversation, where I bring people from different backgrounds, different lived experience, and we just talk, you know, because I think if we talk more, then we'll be able to connect more and, and break down some of those borders and barriers that keep us apart um wow that's so impressive and kind of where you've how you've got to where you are today must have been such a minefield like has there been times where you felt like you've had to kind of revisit some of the things you've done to go to something else like how was that kind of do you find that's kind of been a negative or a positive in your career has it been a real challenge and how did you kind of overcome some of those challenges Oh, definitely. I think life will do that to all of us, right? It will throw different challenges. So in terms of the career side of things, um, 
when I took, so I was working in the travel industry. I was working in China and I had quite a big role there. You know, I was basically setting up the business for Thomas Cook. Like there was nothing. I was the first person there. Like we grew really fast from four to a hundred people. And, you know, I was one of the associate directors. Like it was a lot of responsibility. I worked 80 hours a week, easy, like every evening, every weekend, because I loved my job so much, but it means like my job became everything. And so then when uh, I decided to um, just quit everything because I wanted to be with my partner, he was in London, I was in Shanghai. I mean, this is like long distance for two years, you know, we're just like, this too much. So we quit everything and we moved to Australia together. And for the first year in Australia, I was like, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to go back to my dream of being a presenter, a storyteller, a writer. And this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to give it everything. I'm going to put this money that I saved towards it I'm going to give myself a year and it's going to happen I'm going to manifest it you know all this stuff they tell you like I bought into all of it I was like this is so going to happen you know I believe in it like this is what I'm meant to be doing like all that kind of stuff and then so I published you know the first book the second book the third <laughs> four books um I did all sorts of like a random like acting presenting like honestly like the stuff like I was my hands were like on a sofa commercial I never thought that would happen <laughs> It's like, what am I doing? You know, I was on an extra on like random like commercials for like real estate and like really honestly, like really random stuff. And I gave it like everything. Like I literally like with my books, like I went door to door to every single bookstore in Melbourne and like, hey, like this is what I do. Like, like I just I wrote an email to every single library in the country, like in Australia. And yes, it got accepted by a few, um, but not many. Right. And it was really hard. Like I got signed by this um, amazing uh, like distributor, book distributor, the oldest one in Australia. I was like, this is it. This is my big break. It's happening. I'm going to be like in airports. Uh, oh, my God. And they sold it to me. It was going to be amazing. They took 200 copies. I was so excited. And then like a few weeks later, I got cast for this major role in a play and I was going to get paid to be on stage. And they like rewrote the script around the fact that I was French. And I was like so excited. I was like, this is happening. This is happening. And then believe it or not, the distributor, the oldest distributor in Australia, they went bankrupt two weeks after getting my books. And then the, the show, uh, the theater play, uh, the producer and the writer got into a massive argument and they canceled the play six weeks before it went on stage. So, yes, you sometimes like it will just feel like what is happening and excuse my French, you will feel like shit and that. like what is this and I have this tendency and I'm sure we'll touch on this but I have a mental health condition which comes with this you know tendency of putting everything on me so when these things are happening I'm not someone who's going to be like oh it's just bad luck you know like just get back on the saddle and like it's a no and it happens to everyone like this is a creative industry we all know like you get so many no's before you get a yes I find that really really hard in my mind it straight away goes to it's my fault I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I'm not doing it properly. Like da, 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 da. And so after a year, you know, I basically ran out of that money that I had put aside. And I was like, I don't want to eat in other savings because I still want to, you know, travel and have a good life and stuff. So I was like, this is it. So I went back to corporate. I took a job that was like ate my soul for two years. At the same time, like I met great people through it. So it's never all bad. 
but it did like bring me into a mental health spiral where I really lost my confidence and I felt you know forget about your dreams and I became really cynical which is also not me right it's not me now it's never been me but I think it was a phase where I was just like you know all this manifestation is bullshit and like I was just like really really negative about everything and even more so about myself and that was really really hard. I'm so sorry to hear that and kind of how long did it take you before you felt able to be able to kind of get back out there and you know brush yourself off and do what you do now because you're such an inspiration we've met doing the quality and diversity talks and you've been such a great support to me and kind of helped along the way with different things that I've been doing and I just really find it very refreshing to speak to you all the time and very inspiring so how do you kind of do that because it seems like it's like you're basically like a bouncy ball. You just always come bouncing back. <laughs> I like the idea of me as a bouncy ball. Sometimes I have so much energy. It's definitely like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it took me. Um, I'm trying to think in terms of, I, I mean, we're talking years. Um, so two, took me about two and a half, three, two and a half to three years to like properly like to be where I'm now and and like doing all the things again and like giving everything a shot again and being more much more optimistic and what it really took was hitting rock bottom and it's interesting because every time like I kept stumbling down and I felt this is the bottom you know and then I went lower and lower and lower and what helped was actually I got external help like the first one was uh, I worked with a coach um, and initially it was because I was I, I had a, a team of 10 people that I was looking after in my job when I went back to corporate and one person I was finding really, really difficult um, to to lead them like it's just it just like personality like it just didn't work at all. Um, and it was yeah, it was very toxic and very unhealthy. So I was like, oh, I need help with that specific thing. Right. So that's how I started. Like and so it was a coach and then realizing through this coach that, you know, there was a lot more in terms of what I needed to work on inside myself. And then like working on that, discovering that I was hypersensitive, that, you know, I had um, a brain that works differently to other people, um, you know, and that came with, you know, advantages, but also challenges in terms of communicating and, and, you know, connecting with people, depending on the person, all that kind of stuff. And just being more aware of, I suppose, myself and how I come across and how I want to come across, like so many different things. And then COVID happened. And for me, that was a major turning point because my main coping mechanism throughout my, you know, life was travel. Yeah. Something is wrong. Get a plane ticket. Go on a weekend away. You know, just just reinvent life for like two days or something. That was it. That's what I did. I traveled so much. I traveled all the time, like to a different city, to a different country, whatever it is. Just get a plane ticket. Get a train ticket. It's be fine. I come back on Monday, refresh. You know, just get on with it. Do it another week. Do it another travel. You know, and keep going. So that got taken away, and all of a sudden, it's like you're sitting with yourself, and that was so so hard for me like it's like you're losing your crutch it's like what what do I do with myself and life you know life happened like I mean to be fair I think I had it fairly good like a lot of people had it a lot worse than me um but yeah like many people I lost my job um obviously we were in Australia so nine months of harsh lockdown longest lockdown in the world in Melbourne and in, in, in that time until what happened in China recently 
Um, and then, yeah, losing my job. So we decided, okay, we're going to come back to the UK. So we quit everything in six weeks. We were packed. Uh, and we knew, like, if we leave Australia, we lose our visa. So that's it. Like, that's the end of the Australia journey. You know, it's a very weird like you're not really saying proper goodbye you know to a place that's been your home for three years and then coming back to the UK entering the second UK lockdown like straight away <laughs> living with my in-laws who are amazing people but of course at 30 plus it feels a bit weird <laughs> you know you're like oh I don't have my space you know buying a house which was completely against what I thought I would do with my life you know I'm, I'm a nomad I'm like well I'm buying a house I had nightmares of like having roots growing from my legs I, I woke up in the middle of the night sweating like oh, oh, oh you know all these things so all these things until the moment that literally I was having like so many suicidal thoughts um and one time I actually thought, you know, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm just done. Like, and I was starting to really consider like how to do it. And then I, I once stood at the window and I wasn't, I know I'm, I wasn't, to be honest, like now I look back and I'm like, I probably wasn't going to do it. But in that moment, I just didn't see any other choice until I had these voices in my head. It was literally like just my family and my partner's names. It was like shouting. It was really weird. It was like just their names. And so I went back into the room and I was like, right. I had a, a like complete breakdown, complete meltdown. And I was like, right. I mean, you're obviously not going to do it. So now you're going to do that. If you're going to live, you have to do something because obviously you're not, it's not working. Like it's just not working. Right. Um, and that kind of, had a ripple effect and a friend of mine called me the next day I never I had never spoken about any of my mental health challenges to anyone and he called me the next day and he was like oh how are you going and I'm like I completely fell apart I told him everything and he was like oh my god I have my ex who's a therapist he's gonna call you like I'm just gonna tell him to call you I'm like sure like whatever he called me and he said look I think uh, we spoke for one hour and he said, look, I can't diagnose you because I'm a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. And this is a very important nuance if anyone's watching and interested in, in this topic. But, you know, I think it's something more serious. And I think it's something you've carried for a long time. And that was such a relief. And then I went through the process of, you know, reaching out to a psychiatrist. And uh, I went through a year of uh, completely targeted therapy to the diagnosis that I got. And you know, at the beginning of therapy, and I'll end on this because I realize I'm talking for a long time. At the beginning of therapy, um, we set some goals and my therapist like wrote them down and stuff. And we came to the end of therapy and we it was time nine months later to review the goals. And I said to her, oh, you know, I'm doing all these new presenting things, speaking things, writing things, like all the things that I love. I'm just worried when you're going to come to that goal, because then I feel like I've not achieved it yet. And she was like, wait, wait, wait. She read the goals. That was not one of the goals. I had not set that goal, but I thought I had because through the therapy process, I came back to the essence of who I am and who I'm meant to be. And I didn't even realize that I had lost touch with that. And that's when I lost my joy. That's when I lost, you know, and I think now I'm like, I actually don't have a choice. It's not anymore, oh, is this working? Is it going to work? Am I going to make it? No, it's not about that. I have to do this. This is who I am. This is what I'm meant to be doing in the world, whether it works or not. The important thing is that I'm doing it. And the most important thing more than that 
is that it's having a positive impact on other people, inspiring other people, helping the community in some way. And that's the most important. And so now this is a very different. So back to your question around pivoting, it's completely pivoted for me in terms of why and how I'm doing things. You know, I'm not doing, I'm not writing a book to be best-selling author. I'm not doing a talk show to be, you know, whatever it is. If it happens, of course, I'm not going to say sit here and pretend I don't care. Of course, it would be amazing. But if it doesn't, as long as it has a positive impact on people and on the community, I'm good with that. And as long as I enjoy it. Exactly. do it. Is that I get away from you is definitely dedication, passion, and just a love for what you do. And I think you're such an inspirational woman and obviously being a woman and having to deal with all these challenges in a world that's generally male dominated, for you must have also been another massive challenge, you know, especially coming from another country to the UK and traveling to all these other countries. On top of that, you know, on top of all these other things, there's so many different barriers that you just had to overcome and you just fly past them all the time it's it's beautiful no not all the time (laughs) sometimes you definitely like you know yeah you do all this stuff and sometimes you just hit a a barrier that you almost forgot it was there you're like oh oh yeah (laughs) that's true I am a woman I am a foreigner I have a mental health condition like but sometimes you just uh, it depends in the space that you're in sometimes you're so lucky for like a few weeks you maybe forget and then you get hit in the face by something and you're like (gasps) and I'm sure you you go through that as well where it's like it depends the space you're in uh, the external environment you're in and also the internal space that you're in and it, how you see those barriers because sometimes you hit them and you're like oh yeah opportunity to educate and sometimes you hit it and you're like oh I'm going back to bed just forget about it yeah, that feeling sometimes so yeah definitely agree and that's the thing I think it's just about being positive and doing positive things and you do loads of that in the community and that's how we met and I think that's so beautiful and that's such it's because you see a lot of people in the industry and it does become a lot about them but when I've always met you it's never really been about you it's been about sharing experiences it's been about helping others empowering others inspiring others and kind of supporting other people and for me I think if we had more people like you in the world this place would just be a beautiful place to live you know and you've always been so positive and you've always been so kind so I just want to say thank you for kind of sharing so openly what you shared with us and the viewers, you know, because it really does make a a massive difference to a lot of people out there who want to follow your footsteps. Thank you so much. And I think you, you know, you make a really great point is we've talked about just uh, earlier about some of the challenges, right? I'm a woman, I'm a foreigner and um, you're, you know, I have... Uh, my mental health condition and things like that. Um, But at the same time, I'm so hyper aware that I have so much privilege because I'm like white. I'm like, I mean, you can tell, um, (laughs) you know, there's no like way around it. You know, that's a huge advantage. That's a huge privilege. 
Um, you know, I speak English uh, well in the sense that, you know, there are many people that come to this country that, you know, even when I, you know, first started, right, it's very different. And now it's so much easier. Like, I feel I can talk to anyone, but it wasn't the case when I arrived, you know, things like that. Um, you know, my, my body, I used to be um, overweight and I used to be bullied for it. Now I've lost the weight. You know, I fit in what society defines as, you know, body, I don't know. Ideal or whatever, you know, uh, things like that. So I'm hyper aware of, you know, I'm. Uh, how did I even not mention? Like I'm heterosexual, you know, lots of things like that. That I'm. I have. I'm. You know, my socioeconomic background. Like I'm. Re I'm just so lucky. So yes, I obviously in some areas I have challenges um and parts of underrepresented groups but in other areas i'm hyper aware that i have a privilege and so for me it's about how do i use these um, elements of privilege to open doors and open uh, spaces for people who don't have them and that's what you were mentioning you know i i'm so passionate about how do i create a space for people who don't have a voice to suddenly have a voice and that's what the inclusion conversation, that's exactly what it's about. You know, it is not about me. It's about me using the space, the audience that I can bring together and just like allowing people that, you know, others would not necessarily hear from to have, have a voice, have a space, share their story, connect, get opportunities. Um, because, you know, that's, I believe that's the least I can do with all the luck that I've had and that I have just by where I was born and things that are completely outside of anyone's control and completely unfair, right? It is not an equitable world. And so I think if I can do my bits to make it more equitable, to level the playing field in some, even if it's small, some way, then that's what I want to do. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And you also have your own YouTube channel and people can also follow you on Eventbrite. Do you have any handles that people can follow you on if they want to follow you on social media or any other platforms? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's B Beyond Borders. So B is B-E, like the verb, Beyond Borders. Um, that's on Instagram, on Facebook, and also the YouTube channel is also called Be Beyond Borders. Um, and on Eventbrite is the inclusion conversation is the name of the show. If you want to join the next episode is actually uh, Thursday next week. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, next question. So what have you got coming up next? So what's coming up with you next, Selene? Um, so, yes, I'm continuing with episodes of the inclusion conversation. So we're going to have a conversation about home. Where is home, the path to belonging next um, on the 14th of July? Um, and then I'm doing more and more of um, hosting uh, events, facilitating workshops around diversity, inclusion and mental health and well-being. Um, so yesterday I hosted uh, an amazing event and very soon I have a workshop uh, with uh, this is Sisu. They're an amazing consultancy in diversity and inclusion. So I'm partnering with them and doing a whole bunch of events with them. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. I'm, uh, oh my God, I have something huge coming up. Do you know? I'm getting married <laughs> in four weeks. <laughs> wow, yeah, you did tell me. So congratulations. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> if I invite one of your little pies or something, that'd be great. You never know. Yeah, Amazing. I hope you have a nice time and thank you so much as well for coming along and sharing your story. And just being so nice and inspiring as you always are. And thank you, Selene, for just sharing.
what you have shared it's been amazing thank you thank you honestly I love talking to you every time as well so I'm very grateful for this opportunity to to share and hopefully yeah connect with um, lots of people watching so yeah I'm sure that will happen thank you have a great afternoon and evening and I will speak to you you too take care bye